Dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now, you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark Gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, the weekly webcast for all things Dice, Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf. And you got me, we got Patrick here tonight. Well, folks, we are um, we're going to be taking the week off, but we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, we got a look back show for you this evening, and uh, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. This is one uh, from from a way back from yesteryear, and it's going to give us an opportunity to kind of relax and take this week off and kind of still entertain you guys all at the same time. So sit back and enjoy it uh, now. Um, grab some models and and get ready to paint something, and uh, we'll we will see you back live next Thursday for sure here on Grimdark Live. So. Thanks for everything, and we will see you next week absolutely for sure. Bye. Well, we're not leaving. Get those models out. Don't leave. Just get those models out, paint them up, sit back, watch this Go Back show. You're going to like this, man. Like it a lot. All right. You guys ready? We're going to get this going here right now for you. So here it is, man. We're going to go. We're going to take you to a Go Back show. See you next week. Wait, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. What is happening? Get ready, Grimdark goons, to time travel back in time to a Grimdark Live show segment from the past. The, the past? A segment from a show back in time. Get ready, Grimdark goons. Here we go. As always, my co-host Sean. What do you hear? What do you say this week, bud? I got a little uh, archangels, and uh, there's a few things we're going to cover tonight. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Pat? <clears throat> sorry about the uh, sorry about the late start. Sorry about the late start here, guys. It's uh, it's one of those things that um, um, it had a, had some uh, had some technical difficulties here with my uh, furnace and my in the in the uh, the bunker here. It all burned up, and so I had to have that replaced and that just uh, that killed a lot of time, but we're going to be looking into uh, the, the tournament season and, and uh, we're going to be looking into uh, in, in either age of Sigmar 40 K, you know, what, what makes a winning list. And we're going to welcome back an old friend to the hobby of uh, age of Sigmar and uh, the, uh, the social contract of gaming. This continues along with the rumor engine and the, uh, the question of the day. So this might be a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a shotgun wedding um, type of uh type of show, but uh, we're, we're going to get rolling, man. It must go on. So, uh, Sean, Warhammer, what do we got, man? Let's go. Well, we got some uh, Dark Angels. Uh, their chapter tactic, or trade, if you will, is called Grim Resolve. You can reroll all hits of one. Nice. Um, whenever it shoots, including Overwatch, as long as it did not move in its prior moving phase. So, looking at, <clears throat> you know, Devastators kind of thing. I noticed that that rule is a big crossover between 40k and Age of Sigmar. You know, if you don't move, your you know your shooting can increase, or your your rolls to hit can increase, and uh, it's um, it, it's kind of an interesting thing that that that, that kind of that, that kind of rule is you know in both uh, game sets. 
right? It just seems like it's a uh, there's a lot of things that they poured in between the two games, right? And then um, basically, uh, it's like having a captain around uh, automatically, so you don't have to worry about keeping a captain back by a bunch of devastators. They basically get it without any, uh, you know, they basically get it for just being dark angels. Got it. And then uh, weapons from the Dark Age. Uh, stra- use a stratagem before a Dark Angel unit from your army attacks in your shooting phase. Increase the damage characteristic of that unit's uh, plasma weapons by one till the end of the phase. And then basically anything of plasma. So plasma pistol, plasma talon, plasma incinerator, etc. If it has plasma in it or counts as a plasma weapon, I'm sure it gets the plus one damage. Um, you can basically u- use this to not uh, overcharge, but still get two damage, or to get three damage when you overcharge. If you want to take out some uh, characters or some big uh, big creatures or, you know, you just want to put a lot of damage on a unit. Got it. Um, hunt the Fallen is another command point. Use the stratagem at the start of the battle. Select the infantry character in your opponent's army. Uh, <clears throat> that model is suspected to know the whereabouts of a Fallen, but it Will not give us uh, the secrets up easily. Increase the model's attacks by one, but reroll all hit rolls for Dark Angel units that target it in the fight phase. In addition, reroll failed charge rolls for Deathwing and Ravenwing uh, that declare a charge against that model. So it's really nice because you get to you know reroll hits and you get to reroll charges for Deathwing and Ravenwing against that. So if it's like your enemy's Warlord, so it'll help you uh, take him out faster, which would only make sense. Right. Yeah, that's good. A little character hunting. Um, and also, it could be useful for if you use the uh, weapons from the Dark Age. So you can reroll your head so you can do three damage. What's the Dark Age? What is that? Uh, that's the one where you get plus one to plasma damage. Okay. All right. So you play the Hunt for the Fallen at the start of the battle. Um name their one character, drop in some plasma guns, and just shoot the hell out of it. <laughs> Got it. Um, you have uh, Fortress of Shields. Uh, basically, at the start of any fight phase, select a Deathwing unit, so basically Terminators. Um, from your army, that contains at least three models equipped with Storm Shields. Your opponent must subtract one from all wound rolls made against that unit in the, uh, until the end of the fight phase. So that's kind of nice. Um... Basically, it gives makes them much more defensive. Even a minus one is pretty big, I think, in this edition. A minus one and plus one can change a whole lot of things. Um, yeah. Plus, uh, in the olden days, they had like some role. I think it was called like shield wall for the knights, or not the knights, but the uh, the elite terminators. I forgot what they were called. Um, they had like uh, plus four my time in uh, in forty k. So yeah, my it was time. Uh, plus one toughness if you were all base to base. Like basically, everybody was touching base to base, kinda. Okay. <clears throat> so not bad. And then you have inner circle. Uh, use the stratagem for the battle. Select a dark angel master, dark angels dreadnought, or dark angels land raider from your army. That model gains the deathwing keyword <clears throat> and the inner circle ability. I'm not sure. Uh, what the inner circle ability does. I was trying to find out see if it was in the uh, index, but it was not in there. Okay. So <clears throat> that's something uh, they'll probably cover in the codex or in another leak. Uh, or not leak, but a preview, I should say. 
Um, but uh, there's a few other things out there. I just uh, didn't want to go over them too much to try to spread them out because I know Blood Angels are going to be dropping uh, in two days. Yeah, and Blood Angels are uh, are going to be a huge drop. I think. I think they're gonna they're gonna do a lot for the. Uh, I mean, when when you look at the you know these, these Blood Angels are are one of the twenty first founding legions. I mean, you know they they have a huge fan base as far as you know um, followers. So I think this is uh, definitely going to be a big a big thing for uh, for the game for sure. Yeah, Blood Angels are the ninth uh, legion. Dark Angels are actually the first. They always say that they're the first, but okay. Um, there's a few things out there. Um, I just didn't want to go too much into it because the way the Dark Angels are, there's a. Uh, I'm not sure what the some of their like inner circle is going to do, so I don't want to get too deep into that. But uh, I think they're going to be fun. Um, it looks like uh, they're going to have a lot of things to uh, play. I mean, I think the Blood Angel chapter tactic or uh, trait, if you will. Um, it's much better than uh, re-rolling ones. And, okay. Um, the morale, you only lose one. You can mitigate a lot of the morale checks with MSU, which Marines are much better at MSU than uh, a lot of the other armies out there. I've seen a lot of people play a lot of you know multiple small units with uh, yep. with Marines for sure. But uh, I, that's just my opinion. I'm just to see more as it comes out. Um, I mean, they may be getting the lion. That see if that rumor is true. But uh, Games Workshop, they have not posted anything about it yet. So maybe that'll come uh, in the coming week or so. But uh, the Dark Angels, they do actually go on pre-order this week, um, and they'll be out the week after. So that should be the right. 16th. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Pat, what do you think about uh, you know? Uh, all the uh, stuff we went over with the Dark Angels quickly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the things were 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 you know, I think that's going to be a great uh, great drop. I mean, you know, they're they're uh, um, they're they're kind of a very. I find them I find them interesting, but as far as the the actual Astartes, you know, for forty k, I've always kind of leaned more towards uh, the Templars. Obviously, I'm a Knights and Admic player. That's that's really really what I I, I lean towards in forty k. But uh, I do like the. Um, uh, the Black Templars, I th- and I think that they kind of fall into that. But uh, um, I think this is going to be one of the bigger drops for sure for uh, for 40k. But but you know what? We're going to have to see that in the upcoming tournament season. We're, we got uh, we are in the throngs of of getting ready for what I like to to call in in this tabletop gaming the tournament season. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know if you think about it, in, in this there isn't an exact piece to this, but generally January through May is your big, uh, big tournaments. And I know we're going to kind of skip ahead here a little bit in our, in our conversation topics, but you know, we're kicking it off just like, just like always, you know, January 6th, you know, at, uh, Grognards in, in Addison, Illinois, they've got an AOS team tournament. It's kind of a primer for the, uh, fantasy AOS tournament. That's going to be happening at, uh, Adepticon in March, uh, uh, 26th, uh, 22nd to the 26th. And then, you know, we've no, got, you're, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, but, in, but you're uh, signed up for Adepticon team with your son, right? I, I am. Yeah. Evan and I are, are going to be playing, um, uh, team and we're going to be playing the championship and and that's kind of open ended right now because he if he can't get out of school then I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be looking for a for a partner but uh, but uh, well I mean he he I think if he keeps his grades up and all that we may let him uh, play some some hooky so <laughs> but, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, he's, uh, it, it's a good incentive for him to, uh, to keep his grades up, but you know, it's funny because, you know, we're, when, when we get into the tournament season, you know, and I've said this before and again, and really for me, the tournament season is really what brings gamers together. I mean, when you're running tournaments or events, as I've always said, it does a lot for your gaming scene as a whole. I mean, if you look at these, we, we talk about these, these tournaments every single week. We talk about, um, everything from, the, the, the local tournaments at stores like Grognards or Leisure Hobbies, or we talk about the startup tournaments like Brew City Brawl in Milwaukee that's going to be happening in April 28th, um, or, you know, uh, things like LodgeCon, which are kind of, uh, you know, pick up restarts uh, of, of, you know, older tournaments. Um, Polar Vortex, this is a brand new tournament. You know, this year, January 26th through the 28th, is going to be their very first ever uh, Age of Sigmar uh, tournament. They've been a big 40K in Malifaux. Uh, tournament for a long time and the guys at uh at Dragstar games in batavia they're they're kind of sponsoring this one and then all the way up to you know the uh the the, the monster you know uh cons as as, as adepticon you know so but when, when what, what always fascinates me about this is just what tournaments do you know uh, as i said they kind of invigorate the entire gaming scene as a whole. I mean, it introduces new players to the game. It pushes people to paint their armies. It provides a gathering point for players in the area. It gives them, you know, fun competition. And and many players, you know, sometimes myself included, um, don't have the time to commit to weekly leagues or regular plays. So this gives them a chance to get uh, a lot of games in in a in a relative short amount of time. You know, if you go to a tournament, you're going to play three, five, maybe you know eight games, you know, depending on the tournament. You know, what are your thoughts about tournaments in the tournament season? Because I, I think, too, I think the subpart to this, I, and I can kind of see what we're going on, is I think the tournament culture has changed quite a bit. I think 40K has offered a different type of gaming system that has tempered a lot of things. And I know for sure, once fantasy got away from rank and flank, um, a lot of the, what I like to call the, uh, the, the, the people that usually sat around in their base meeting called meatloaf, those people kind of went away. So what do you think, man? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, I, last year was my first year at the, uh, Adathicon championships. I mean, I played team and I've done the, uh, Friday, uh, uh, Maelstrom before, but last year was my first ever, you know, 40 K championship. I'm like, I just threw sure. something together. I did rather well, you know, when you're in like the top 20, 25%, you did, you know, playing wo straight, straight wolves, you know, not playing the douche canoe list out there where you take iron hands and dark angels and <laughs> that phrase just busted me up with a douche canoe. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I did. Okay. Um, I had a game one. I had a rough match against Tao. I just, held my uh I was just rolling my three pluses like normal. So Right. You know, yeah. I had that going for me. You know, it's funny because that's what I mean for me, the the tournament scene also does something a lot more. It it makes me forces me to get my army in line, paint it up, based. Um it it, it makes me plan a little bit more and, and I think it I think it makes me appreciate the casual games um quite a bit. And I think um that uh, many times we, we take for granted um, those those casual games. And I, I don't think you can really look at the validity of those kind of games versus a tournament game unless you are a tournament player. And right. uh, for so long, I was afraid of the tournament scene. Not really afraid, but I, I didn't want really to tolerate the tournament. I didn't want to get arrested, let's put it that way, because, you know, you know damn it, I, I, I can only take one short pants. 
You know, have I ever told you that story about short pants, Sean? Have I ever told you that story? Too many times. <laughs> I was there, remember? Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and like what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway, thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. Uh, you know, and and but I, I think I think happened with the kind of the revamp of Eighth Edition 40K and. Uh, I would, I'm going to say the, the second and a half, you know, adoration of Age of Sigmar, you know, because when Age of Sigmar first came out, if you remember right, it was a, you know, you play whatever, I play whatever, and we just keep putting models on the table until somebody runs out. And like we've always said, that's a great way to find out if the guy across the table from you is an asshole. But I think when they changed and went to the General's Handbook 1, I think that offered up, you had points now, you had organized methodology of play. Mm-hmm. And then you had some type of structure. Hand- yeah, and then you had General's Handbook 17, which I think completely did so much more for the game. So I think what that did was a lot of the the the, and I don't know if this is the right phrase anymore, but power gamer, and I'm doing the the, the finger quotations right now, the power gamers. I think it I think it did bring a lot of temperance to the gaming systems so that those power gamers. Now you're gonna you're always gonna have that. And we're going to talk about this later on in the show, the cheesy type of list. You're always going to have those people. But I think for the most part, what I what I find so wonderful about the hobby and the game now is that um, it's back to being a game. It's mm-hmm. it's made the best man win. It's the old analogy, you know, can, are you going to be the general or is it your army that's going to win the game? And I think before with for, for, for sure with fantasy, with rank and flank fantasy, it was always the army. You know, you get some, you know, um, some some power gamer together and and well, we're going to talk about that later on but um but yeah so that's that was kind of my two cents in a tin can i'm looking i'm looking ahead to the to the tournament season i'm getting psyched i'm getting ready for it we got a lot and, uh, of awesome tournaments coming up adeptus bruce city also in madison is on february 17th as a 40k uh tournament um it's kind of a, a cool idea how that what they have they call it the good the bad and the ugly that's so cool what is, the so good all right so there's three you know the good the bad the ugly the good is basically the imperium the bad is Chaos, Necrons, and Nids, and the ugly is Eldari, Orcs, and Tau. So whatever army you play, um, you're going to be put in the good, the bad, the ugly, and you cannot play your own. So like if I play Imperium, also known as the good, you can I will not play anybody else on that team, <clears throat> which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, have, that's kind of a really cool way to, to set that up. So give me the name of that, uh, that tournament again. It's Adeptus what? It's a Deptus Brew City. Um, they call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, it's February 17th. Uh, $40 for the ticket, and it's in uh, Berlin, Wisconsin. Wow, that's pretty awesome. All right, very yeah. cool. And uh, I actually thought about going because I can actually make that one. <laughs> so it's like, so it's, hmm. just a one day, it's just a one day, right? Yeah. Um, it's about a two-hour drive for me, maybe a little bit more. About the so, way you drive, you can probably do it in an hour and fifteen minutes. No, you got to drive through the city, and that's bad. <laughs> I got it right. 
So, but um, a couple uh, things that they have. It's more. It seems to be kind of more friendly than like an, a, a you know a grand tournament like say Adepticon or uh, uh, LVO, which is coming up around the corner too. There's a few of them out there that are coming around, but uh, this is one of the more bigger, I would say, uh, uh, local Midwest tournaments out there. I got you. Okay. Um, basically, they have uh, uh, awards for the following titles. Warmaster, best overall. Field Marshal, best good player. To the spoiler, best bad player. And Truth Seeker, best ugly player. Uh, sportsman, um, <laughs> we're not forgetting what the hobby is all about. Then they have Painting Champ for the best painted, and I'm not dead yet, for the player that never quit. So, not bad, not bad. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and basically, uh, so it's still kind of like a team, but it's still individual. So, the team that wins the, the event will walk away with the good, the bad, the ugly team winner plaque showing their team spirit for the day. Every award, including the plaque, will come with a prize. So, uh, That's pretty cool. That sounds like an awesome tournament. Will be covered by the Adeptus Bruce City Gaming Club of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and will consist of Games Workshop swag. Do we got a link or anything like that to those, uh, those yeah. club sites or anything I'll, like that? Uh, I'm going to post it now. So, I'm posting it now. But, um, so uh, what do you think makes a winning list, Pat? Well, you know what's funny is, is I've, I've gone through this quite a bit. And, you know, we, we kind of started off these little shows talking about, you know, what we just kind of mentioned is, you know, what, 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 makes an, what makes an army a winning army? Is it the army or is it the, the general? You know, and I think, I think we kind of assessed that, that it's, it's the general. I think when, when you and I talked about that and we had Gary, we asked him the same question. And I think we asked just about a who's who of who's ever been on our show, the same question. I think for the most part, we came up with the, with the, um, the general. But then again, you know, how well can a general really do if they don't have a, a solid list? And so I started to think about it. You know, what, and I, I want to hear from you and, and, and anybody else as far as, you know, in either age of Sigmar 40K, what makes a winning list? And uh, I, I guess before I kind of yammer around with what I think, what do you think? What is the one thing I think is for you, for, for whether it's 40K or age of Sigmar, that's fundamentally what do you look for? What's number one uh, for, is it, is it defensive units? Is it, is it punching power? You know, is it rend? Is it speed? Is it, what, what's the one thing that you look for in a list with your army or your play style that you would say makes a winning list? The ability to get objectives. Now it's kind okay. of more than just one. It's a, it's, it's a speed, um, speed, uh, killing ability. A lot of times you got to kill something off and um, resilient. How, how much can they take before they die? Yeah, I, I would say, I would say those are good ones, but what would you say is the most important? Like what would you say is number one on that list? Killing. Yeah. Okay. Well then the ability to do high damage output, high rend, I, I think for Not me, necessarily high rend, just high damage period. Okay. Okay. You know, it's funny because what I've learned is, you know, the, the best way to fight a close combat fight is to walk over the dead body after you shot him, you, you know, and back in past games with, you know, 
rank and flank. I, I played a great Lothern Sea Guard army uh, that just had a ton of shooting with repeater bolt throwers. And but now that I kind of have evolved a little bit with this with this Age of Sigmar, um, speed. To me, it's the old analogy, speed kills, because, you know, I play a Brayherd army, a Beastman, I guess, traditionally known. And these guys are fast, you know, just to give you an example, they're, you know, I know that we, we said this once before, and we had Brandon on the show, and I, I made the comment that I think gore, pound for pound, not, not necessarily, you know, tit for tat, but pound for pound are probably the best battle line unit they have because in, in the game, because, you know, these guys, if they're within six inches of a great Bray Shaman, they're already going to move seven inches, but they get an additional three inches to their move before they run and they can run and charge. And in addition to that, they get an additional one inch to their pile in. So they're getting a four inch pile in and they're moving, they're moving, uh, almost 10 inches before you even run. So, and, and is that fast? Yeah, that, that's going to get them there. Plus now with the new Brayherd rules, they're ambushing in. They, they brought back all that old 7th and 8th edition stuff that, you know, you know, you can, um, you can utilize with this army. So they kind of offering in a way, deep strike, I guess, you know, and I think that was, is what makes Marines and Stormcast, you know, to kind of reference 40K Marines and, and, and AOS Stormcast so valuable. They can deep strike in, they can appear on the board and they can disrupt your opponent. I think that's what speed does. I think speed, when you have that ability, it takes your opponent off his kilter. Now, of course, you know, the, the, the mother of all speed is Slanesh. You know, these, these you know, though that army is breakneck fast in, in fantasy. And I know in 40K, the rules are even better for Slanesh than they are in fantasy. But on average... You're getting 16 to 21 on, on, on Slanesh models. That's insane. So for me, I, I think what, what, what makes the number one thing that makes a winning list, and maybe that's the way I should have phrased the question, is speed. Speed kills, if you ask me. Because, you know, that's, you know, uh, that's, that's my two cents in a tin can. So, but yeah, obviously once you get there, you have to be able to do something to them. You know, you can't be, you know, you can't be novelers and get there and then, you know, not know what to do. So. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, bloody and are very, very good at that. Um, <laughs> they have a lot of, uh, abilities now that will make them get in your face much faster. Right. And if you somehow get tied up with a unit, although death company can probably kill almost anything out there, um, instead of wasting it, you know, and you know, against a blob unit, you just go. I'm gonna go over here, uh, go nine inches away, and I'm going to uh, uh, charge you with three d six next turn. Yep. Again, so I mean, they can come on the board, deep strike on the board. One, you know, he, one area. You could have a unit that's already deployed. Make them move full. You know, you can get a twelve to eighteen inch pregame move if you go first. That's true. Uh, what, a, what a unit of Death Company. And then you can move your 12 and then charge on that while you bring another unit in. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with Death Company now. Um, You're right. Blood Angels are... That's a great point. That's are, an awesome point. Uh, another uh, podcast, the Long War guys, they uh, basically said uh, Blood Angels are the alpha, alpha strike, but combat, not shooting. Which I agree with them on that. Yeah, I do. I, I agree with that too. And, and, uh, you know, we, we have a guest that that's been, uh, that just chimed in, uh, live and, you know, he said that, um, 
you know, uh, one of the things is that uh, he agrees with the mobility part. But but my next point to that, and um, and and my point is is like uh, for me, I used to think it was the Killy. Give me something with high rend and and a good amount of and good amount of damage. And, and of course, I played Minotaurs or, or now you know Warherd. And what I what I notice is with the right buffs, you can get these things threes by threes, threes by twos, you know. And and with a with a great weapon, you know, my my Minotaurs were doing, you know, uh, you know, two attacks a piece. I, I had them either threes by threes or threes by twos, negative two damage three, and they were just literally removing units from the table. But what I found was two things. They weren't as fast as I needed them to be, and the model count hurt me a little bit, especially in a in a in a in a game structure now with Age of Sigmar, and and which has always been the case in 40k. And my uh, limited uh, knowledge of it is you play to the scenario. You know, you play to the objectives, which, you know, back in the olden days with rank and flank, you know, you would, you would, you, you had scenarios, but my thing was take the field, you know, the, that kind of a thing is we, we played straight up games. And what I like about Age of Sigmar and, 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 and what I really like about eighth edition 40 K is that you're playing scenarios. You're, 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 you know, holding objectives, you're taking objectives and speed can help you do that. But what I noticed was, um, even with my Minotaurs, last year at Adepticon, I went one and four. Now, that that record itself doesn't quite describe the absolute dismantling I did to my opponent's armies. Um, I just I, I just destroyed them, but I lost on objectives, or I lost because of the clock. So I think I think for me, speed kills. I think you need to take the you know you need to disrupt your opponent. Speed does that, but when you get there, you, you, I think the second thing is you got to be able to do something once you get there. I think shooting is 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 good, but I think, and we're going to talk a little bit about Sylvaneth Army because um, that's a good example. And and we've got a, a listener tonight that's it's a Sylvaneth player, brand new, well, back in the hobby, and um, I, I think that's a great example of an army that is can be very powerful in one aspect, but you know, um, without the with, you know, but but can can. It can, you know, their, their weaknesses can creep up on you, I guess is the best way to put it. So, so yeah, that, that's, um, that's kind of, that's kind of a, uh, just a kind of a high low of that topic. You know, um, I, I was, my thing, most important thing I believe is speed, you know, um, uh, and again, I go back to armies that are breakneck fast, like Slanesh and, and even my, my, my beastie boys, my Brayherd, you know, their ability to pop up on the field and ambush and then be able to, you know, uh, get to those objectives or or disrupt that other enemy unit is just absolutely invaluable. So, so yeah, that's yeah. my uh, that's my that's my piece, man. You uh, you want to do a little rumor engine, man? You want to see what we got? Uh, sure. <clears throat> we uh, we got uh, we got probably one of the more uh, well, not very eventful. It's a curtain. There you go. It's new sheets. Yeah, we're and, and and right right now I'm about three sheets to the wind. Um, yeah, that's what it is, man. It's uh, it's a curtain. I can't, you know, you can obviously you can obviously tell by the picture up here. It's it's obviously fastened here and fastened here to something. It's draping down over something. Um, I know it's that more uh, like a rope probably or a loincloth or something. Yeah, it could be that. It could be that. I mean, um, it could be maybe some kind of a drapery. You know, like like you've gotten like uh vampire counts like it could be a corpse cart or or something like that it could be um another trader primer coming out could be another yeah could be something like that or or you know it could just be 
it just it it it's it's a curtain. That's all I know what it is. It, it, that's what it is. Some accessory piece. It could. Be. Oh, now we're now we're now we're uh, we're tabletop gaming interior decorators. <laughs> <laughs> well, like um, more like a bits add-on for characters or whatever to make them more. I don't know. What do you think? Like a cape or something? I don't think yeah. it looks like a cape. No, Maybe. like a you know like how they would you know like all the space brains wear. You know the the cloth that yeah. comes down. Yeah. I don't know. 40K. I don't know. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm usually pretty intrigued with uh, with AOS's, uh, uh, or not AOS, but 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 G, GW's, I'm sorry, GW's uh, rumor engines. You know, they like last week and the week before, they had some pretty cool stuff, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of, they kind of, in my opinion, they kind of fell short on this one. You know, the, the tablecloth. Yeah. There it is. You know, it's uh, it's Sigmar's handkerchief. I have no idea. I have no idea what that is. I'm guessing it's like a cape. It could be. I don't know. That's uh, kind of looks a little broad, you know, like like up here, like this kind of looks a little wide. But it, it might hell. It might be a cape. I don't. Maybe it's a shower curtain. I think. I mean, it looks like it's rather large. It's rather large cape. That's true. So. Wow. <laughs> As we as we floundered through that question, what 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 potentially that could be, um, but uh, but yeah, so so that's uh, that was that was the rumor engine. What else you got, man? Are you running dry? Uh, we could uh, do some list writing. We could we could do that, and we could do that. So go ahead, man. What do you got? You got anything for that? Um. Like I said, uh, we were talking about is how to hold a little objective. Uh, just be, you know, you want to try to have a well-rounded force and want to ha- be able to do something in each phase. Uh-huh. So, uh, movement phase, salt phase, shooting phase, and even psychic phase. Even just you know one or two spells. Um, so, like then, then for fantasy, it would be it'd be your you know your your hero phase, right? Be, you know your. Your essentially your hero phase, your movement phase, phase shooting, shooting, and then, and then any kind of any kind of close combat or charges or charges mm-hmm. in close combat, and then battle shocks. Okay, right. Um, it's I've always seemed like in Age of Sigmar, battle shock was kind of you can negate that a lot. Um, with certain armies, especially uh, uh, Stormcast, they could eliminate that almost nearly completely. But um, like what do, you, what do you mean? As far as because their their low model count, and their high wo- their high wounds, or what? I don't know that banner guy that says up, oh, they pass automatically. Don't care. Well, I mean, everyone's got that kind of a buff, you know. Well, they. they I can, mean, every army. That's got an army wide. That, that that's an army wide. Most the generic uh, order is. Uh, well, yeah, you're talking about that. They can. He can. He can. In in the, in the hero phase, they can cast uh, not Mystic Shield, but you know, all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank now. They can. They can prevent there. They can prevent units within so many inches from, from yeah, taking. Stormcast can get a banner that says anybody within 24 inches or 12 inches or whatever automatically passes. Or do they take that out? Yeah, I got to look at that. I'm not sure that that's uh, that that's that that's part of the the dynamics of the game anymore. To be honest with you, because I do know that you know every army has got the ability to um, cast. Uh, um, 
<laughs> the uh, the inspiring presence. Not it's not really a cast. It's a it's an, it's an automatic command ability that your general can take. You know, um, and and you know that basically is you know you can pick a unit from from your army, and I think it's within twelve inches of your general, and that unit can uh, you can pick. You don't have to take battle shock until your next hero phase. So, right, but there's but, a banner that allows you to, or a guy ability that makes you automatically pass. Yeah, the only thing that, that you have is that's the um, that's that's the Lord Celestin on on and on Drakoff. He has an actual command ability where you know he can make you know the units within eighteen inches of him not have to take battle shock if, if, yeah. if he's. Yeah. So it's not I really a banner. It's actually his, I don't know anything else that has that kind of range. It's literally thirty six inches. If you put him in the center, you got eighteen here, eighteen going right, eighteen going left. I mean, um, pretty much covers your entire, you know, basically half of well, the board. Uh, I don't. Let me let me look at that real quick because that's uh, that's actually a good a good point of uh, conversation. I think I don't think that it's here. It is right here. It's uh, command ability. The Lord of the Host, the Lord Celestine, can use this ability uh, until your next hero phase. You don't have to take battle shock tests for this model or any friendly stormcast that are within twenty four inches of this model at the start of the battle shock. So yeah, it's a twenty four inch bubble. So, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's, it's, it's effective, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, but like I said, you know, you know, but, but on, on the transverse side and the tactical side, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm playing against a stormcast army, guess who I'm targeting, you know, the Lord, Lord Selson Dracoth only has seven wounds. Mm -hmm. So you know, if I want to, if I, you know, and that, and that's the one thing that many people say is a drawback about Age of Sigmar is that it's, it's, you know, it's very character heavy. Cause what's that rule in 40 K where you can, you can hide your, if you have a unit in front of uh, your 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 character, you can't shoot at the character. How does that rule go? I'm 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 foggy on that again. If you're under ten wounds and it's not the closest, you can't target it. Yeah, well, that's not the case in uh, in Age of Sigmar. Basically, in Age of Sigmar, is if you can see him, you can shoot him. Yeah, which is uh, something I wish they would have poured over to uh, Age of Sigmar. Um, yeah, actually, I've always said that. I think a lot of things could age Sigmar. I think transversely too. I think 40k could benefit from a lot of things that Age of Sigmar does. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely one of them. I think you know protecting the hero a little bit in Age of Sigmar would be a better way to go because you do find that if you're not if you're not tactically smart with your hero, they get whacked off the board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, I think uh, a good balance list. You want to have some shooting. You want to have some things that can take on heavy elite units or monsters or tanks. But um, what do you think about a uh, question of the day or the uh, social contract of gaming? Well, we I tell you what, you know, right? yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, here's the thing. We, we've been, we've been talking about the social contract of gaming and, and how to, how to conduct yourself as far as, um, you know, your, yourself and your opponent. And, you know, last week we talked about list writing and, uh, you know, today uh, we're we're going to kind of touch on some practical tips for the table. And, and you know, Sean, and here's the thing: you've been, um, you know, uh, a guy that's been playing this game for a lot longer than myself, and and both fantasy and and Age of Sigmar. But you know, that 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 brings me to the to the, actually a topic I want to bump ahead of this one. If that's if I if I can do that, um, I know a lot of people get into the hobby, and for whatever reason, they leave and they come back. And maybe some people take long periods of time off. I mean. I was talking to a guy the other day who actually was away from the hobby for almost 15 years. And uh, he came back to it, and um, uh, he's playing both uh, 40K and Age of Sigmar. And, um, but I want to welcome back, and, and you, know, you, you know him too, uh, uh, Sean. I want to welcome back an old friend to, to the hobby of, uh, of Age of Sigmar. And you never know, maybe, um, 
maybe 40 K, but that's a, that's a guy by the name of Steve Grant. I know that he's, uh, he's listening tonight and you know, uh, Sean, you, you've known Steve for a long, long time. Um, yep. how many years have you known him now? Probably 14 plus. Yeah. And, um, you know, I gotta, I gotta say this guy's, uh, this guy's a, a, a great ambassador for, uh, the, the game. I mean, I remember the first time I met him was at the small little gaming store, GW store, as a matter of fact, a, a tiny little thing at a, at a mall in uh, just outside of Chicago in a place called Orland Park, Illinois. And, and um, you know, the guy always has this ability to, to, to draw a crowd, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's great to have people like that that are, that are infectious like that and bringing a positive nature back into the game. And I think that's kind of ties into, you know, the social contract of gaming, you know, people that recognize that this is a game, but also recognize that it's, it's an ability to, to kind of meet new people and, and build those friendships. I mean, some of the, some of the greatest friends and people I've come across are through this hobby. So, um, and, and, and the prison work release program, which some, a lot of the, people <laughs> are in the, in the hobby as well. So, uh, you were never in jail. Stop saying that. <laughs> it's a shtick, man. It's kind hey, of funny, hey, but stop, stop making me laugh. You know, I'm, it's kind of hard to control the coughing when you're laughing. All right. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and that's, that's the other thing, you know, but I know, I know I never, I never did time in any jail or anything like that, but going back to actually, I forgot about Not this. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. The, the night's not over. Um, you know, the first time we, that I think you and I, uh, were, were, you actually introduced me to Steve Sean at the methadone clinic. You know, he was there getting a treatment and we were all there together. And, and that's, that's, it was, that was actually how you, how we, I'm kidding. All right. But, um, no, it's, uh, it, it's great to have him back and, uh, it's great to, to, to recognize that this hobby is such an alluring thing that people, people come back out of the shadows and, and, and start rolling some dice again. So, we look forward to it. As a matter of fact, we got uh, we got a game set up uh, this Sunday. We're going to go roll some dice uh, at a local GW store and and uh, and uh, get 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 some games in. So you know, Sean, if you can make it, man, get up there, all right? Yeah, I'll just wear a mask so I don't infect everybody with the plague. Matter of fact, you nurgle bastard, stay where you're at. <laughs> no, I'll come. Um, <laughs> Trust me, I'll be there. So yeah, so let's get into that. I mean, practical tips for the table. I mean, you know, so. So I guess this poses a question, you know, what should you, what should you do at the event? You know, whether it's a, it's a local store event or now that we're in the tournament season, you know, we're tying that in, you know, I would say, you know, let's start with, with the, the mannerisms and, and, and Sean, you know, let me know what you think, man, you know, pregame, you know, I would say, you know, when, when, when moving your army and expanding your force, you know, think about how you want to carry your army as, as you move from table to table. You know, I see a lot of these people that, you know, some of them just throw their stuff in a box and, you know, and uh, you're going to use an, an open top box lined with magnetic sheets, you know, uh, it can be fair, you know, fairly, qu fairly quicker and, and easier to move the models uh, than a foam carrying case. But I think, I think how you conduct yourself and even something as small as that, you know, how do you go from table to table? Do you, do you have a cookie sheet or something like that? You know, it kind of also shows that, you know, um, that you, you have a certain consideration for the community as a whole. And I know that sounds minuscule, but I think that matters, right? I mean, yeah. I, th I think it's all about the presentation and, and definitely at the start of the game, you know, introduce your army to your opponent and, and, and offer to explain anything that they may want to know. And that's kind of where I have to be careful because I've been not accused, but I'm, I'm always worried about being the, the, the slow player. And I think a lot of that has to do where I'm just so happy to be gaming against, you know, the guy, uh, as I've always said, I'm, I'm, I'm happier than a dog with two dicks to be out there gaming. So when I'm across the table from that person, I'm just, I'm, I'm explaining my whole army to him and, and unconsciously I'm burning the clock off the wall, but 
But those are some things I think you should do at the very beginning of an event or the very beginning of the of the of the time you're going to game to kind of show to kind of show yourself, you know, represent very well, I think is the best way to put it. And then, of course, you know, your deployment, you know, try not to deploy your units from foam. And this is a personal thing with me. This is a personal thing. You know, have your army presentable in one manner to be presented on the table. Don't go digging them out of the fucking foam case, you know, get the units out onto the the side of the table or the middle of the game table before the game even starts, you know, kind of, again, you know, that, that kind of flows a little bit more into the presentation. uh, Sorry to cut in. Uh, One thing that uh, Gary Frank did when he was running some tournaments is he would, uh, they would take uh, lunch trays that you can get at like GFS or any type of, you know, place where they have like lunch trays, you know, like if you have like a restaurant, you take the tray or whatever. And he just uh, spray painted on it, and you could rent them out for a couple okay. of dollars, and just another way to return the cost. Like sometimes you'll have out of town people, and they'll forget something, or just didn't want to put their display board in the car because they're driving far, or didn't want it to break because they're getting ready for a major tournament, but they want to test out their list kind of thing. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's not a bad thing, and they're maybe five, ten bucks, maybe for a for a, a, a tray. You know, I mean, you can fit a decent amount. Um, Another thing you could do is uh, just, uh, like you said, a cookie tree, uh, a cookie pan or yeah. baking pan. Something, something. And, and you know, here, here's things, Sean. You have an open challenge from uh, from Steve Grant. He says uh, he says for you to bring back those dirty little bearded runts. He said he hates those grubby little buggers, and every time he sees a dwarf army fighting on the table, it reminds him of a riot at a daycare center. <laughs> well, I don't have those anymore. Oh man. Um, but there's always a possibility of me actually getting easy access to them. Just a matter of well, finding them in the, in the mess of, uh, yeah. buddy's stuff. <laughs> oh, and you mean, you mean in, in, in Mount St. Randy's, you know, the, the, the hold that's down there in Randy's house. Yeah. No, literally it, there, there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, I know that, I know that I'm going to pat myself on the back here again, but you know, we're, we're getting into horde armies and, and we, we, from a fantasy standpoint, we migrated away from movement trays, but I'm going to say it again and again and again, we're getting back into horde armies, massive amounts of troops. Consider using movement trays for your early turns, especially if you have a shit ton of models. Like if you're some asshole like me that plays a ton of nobblers, get a freaking movement tray. I mean, every every jag off with a, a 3D printer is printing these little 25 or 30, you know, uh, 32 millimeter, you know, circles. You know, give the bum a few bucks and buy a few of these things so that you can actually move your, your table. I, these guys that show up with 40, 50, 60 models and they got, you know, three or four units of this crap and they're moving them by like the ones or the twos. It, it really just makes me want to go like strangle small forest animals when I when while they're doing this. But, you know, I mean, I, I use a movement tray for, for packing models in and out of my box. And, and when removing casualties during the game, it's easy for me to put them back onto the tray and, and I, you know, into some type of a box. You know, I guess always be be prepared to, you know, for your ingress and your egress to the games, right? Or, or am I being too big of a, a douche canoe, as you'd say? Um, no, I mean, it, um, that's the whole thing is uh, you don't want to take, like in Magic, if you play online... Uh, each player has 25 minutes to get three matches in, or best out of three in. In 40K, <clears throat> I've seen a few people do it with clocks. So if you run out of your time, you can't do anything. Um, not a bad way to go. It's just it, it does help. There are a lot of slow players out there. I mean, yeah. 40K hasn't been out a year yet. All right. 
I'm not, you know, the first year, you know, there's a lot of stuff hitting everybody very, very fast right now. I mean, this is probably the fastest release we've ever seen out of 40K ever. And I mean, ever. Oh, yeah. 10 yeah. codexes and a chapter approved in less than six months with a new edition that just came out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, this stuff, this stuff is hitting you harder than winter on welfare. It's coming out. Uh, <laughs> stop. Stop. Remember cough? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 you know, speaking of, you know, you kind of remind me of, again of another topic that I forgot to bring up. But, but when you talked about slow play, that's something I'm very conscious of. You know, do things to kind of help the momentum of the game. You know, pre-measure a charge in the movement phase. Agree to the required amount in advance. You know, don't be one of these, you know, weenie roasters that, you know, rolls out the tape measure and whips it back before your other players can really see what the frick you just had on there. You know, I mean... You know, we're, we're, we're not girls. Don't don't promise us that you got six inches. All right, come on. I mean, well, there's 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 no need to agonize over positioning when charging, for example. I mean, when 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 you get to make a three inch pylon during the combat phase, I mean, that that's my point. You know, let's let's just make sure that that you give your opponent enough time to see where you're going and pre-measure that kind of stuff. Also, also in relation to movement and depending on your opponent's view. You may want to agree that you don't need to measure for every blathering model. Now, I know last show I referenced short pants and that moody little prick, and how you know, but but and and you know the 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 etiquette of moving your uh, your models and making sure that you know you don't have somebody you know how to deal with someone that might be overextending their moves. Move one first and keep the rest in line, or like Gary said, place a dice and put all your you know after you measure and put all your models behind that dice. I mean, you also may want to combine, you know, some type of, I don't know, you know, phase-based moves and runs like, like destruction gets, uh, in one go for, for standard units. I'm just kind of, kind of going off the top of my head here, but what do you think before I get, before, you know, the, the Prozac wears off and I run too far down the rattle? No, I mean, every, there's a lot of great things. I mean, from what I've understand is always be up front with your opponent, keep stuff the same. Like, you know, measure, if you measure always from the front, measure always from the front. Um, you don't want to confuse anybody, even yourself. Um, That's true. And like, I used to always uh, count down when I would take wounds, like how many they would have left. Now I just put <clears throat> how many they have on them, uh, just because um, it's a different way. Yeah, and that you know what that leads me into the dice etiquette. I mean. You know, this is something that I remember one time, and I think you were there, Sean. We were at a game at Leisure Hobbies in, in Plainfield, Illinois. I think Sean was there. I think uh, uh, Steve was there, and and we were gaming. And there was a guy, and I don't want to I don't want to get into who it was, but he was this guy that really took dice etiquette and murdered it. He would roll his dice. Do you remember this guy? Maybe it was I don't know who it was, but do you remember this guy? He would roll his dice one at a freaking time. He would have ten dice in his hand, and he'd go plop 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 and and you know uh, you know just let i guess the short answer to this is avoid unnecessary disputes narrate your actions as you as you go on so there's there's no confusion and you know have your dice ready you know that's another thing I, i've always i always have piles of you know 10 in different colors so i can i can easily you know pick up how many i need i know I, and especially as a nobbler player a guy that, that that plays probably the largest nobbler army where i'm i've had you know as many as three different you know, coffee cans with a hundred uh, dice a piece in each one of them. You know, well, have your, there's an have app your, for that now. Just what's like, that? There's an app for that now. Well, see, and I, I check that app out and I see what you're saying, but I don't know that a lot of tournament people 
would would really be too hunky dory on that kind of an app. You know, they may want the they may want the real the real thing. Well, and so randomization is kind of hard to do on a, a as a program. I know I get it. Yeah, and, and and like I said, you know, have your dice ready. Roll in a set spot or clear space. You know, you know, near the dice. You know, don't spend time hunting for dice. And you know, these people that that like they 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 try to be the ricochet Randy and they just they fling fucking dice all over the table. And um, and, and I guess that's because they have too much alcohol or too much coffee. Well, that's yeah, that's true. That's, hands, so. yeah. Right, and um, and like I said, oh, before, one thing well, to fix that is uh, get a dice can roller. Like yeah, that's the true. The like, thing that I've been using. It also is uh, like one of those Yahtzee things. I don't like those. The towers. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the towers. Yeah, um, like the octagon things you roll into. Um, right. Just because one. Oh, those no things. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Gotcha. Yeah, the one that I bring with me all the time. The cup. Well, it's an octagon wooden thing or whatever, but uh, but yeah. Um, they could come in square boxes too, whatever, but they're normally like some felt on it or whatever, but you can use those. And then, you know, uh, dice don't really, you can still drop dice. Trust me. I still drop dice, but yeah. Hey, you know, by the way, when, when you, when we're done, make sure on the show notes, uh, you've got some people asking about it, plop those, that dice rolling app down there. Um, or I can either one, um, but, but kind of moving on here with the, with the social contract gaming, we only got a couple more points to go. And, and then I think we, we, we've rung the bar rag out enough on this one, but you know, um, tokens and cheat sheets. And I know I am a big token nerd, you know, use markers and tokens, scenery dice, buff wounds, etc. You know, I, I really can't stress enough how much you need tokens. And I don't care if you're playing age of Sigmar or 40 K, you know, there's always, going to be so many synergies rules abilities in in play affecting different units at different times that you're going to want to keep track of them somehow and i got to tell you you know sometimes when you get in these large games especially the way um i've even seen 40k going where most of your games turn out to be a rugby scrum in the middle of the freaking you know uh table it, it looks like you're trying to herd cats you know you're going to need those tokens and and save time. It's, it 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 does. It saves time looking up rules by having you know say uh and I'm going back to my cheat sheets here by having a one pager that contains all your rules in one place, you know, or or some kind of a prompter to remind you that that you need to do each phase. And I think your opponent appreciates that too. You know, I mean, I actually had a guy to me. I was playing um at a tournament up at uh, Dragonfall or not not Dragonfall at, at um, Grognargs, and. Um, I had a guy say to me, you know what, those, those combat markers really help out. He goes, cause I, I know that I've forgotten about some of my units that maybe I didn't, I didn't get to activate. And then, and I know I probably have two before I used them, but, but right. Do you agree with that? I mean, tokens and cheat sheets. I mean, I know that yeah. I don't really, I mean, I've seen you use tokens, but I don't really, you know, you've been playing long enough. You probably don't need cheat sheets, but you know, well, I've had one too many knocks in the head. I need all the help I can get. Well, for all the cheat sheets that I did, I never got around to it, but, uh, <clears throat> I guess I really won't need to anymore though. Um, I actually uh, bought a bunch of tabs because what I did was I took my index and I had them rebind it for me in the spiral bound. And I was going to tab, uh, you know, a bunch of like little tabs. I would it's going to get around to you and never got into doing that. But, um, you know, that's also another thing too. Um, yeah. Um, and, then, and then final points. I mean, you know, you know, you know, think in their turns. You know, I mean, this is, this is tactics one-on-one. 
I mean, you know, you know, after you, you know, in any kind of in any kind of warfare, tabletop or the real thing, I mean, you know, you always want to observe the movements of your enemy. I mean, think think about their turns. Think how you're going to counter them. You know, um, you know. In, in other words, to to all you youngsters out there, put your phone down and prepare <laughs> that that you might win the roll off in advance. You know, I mean, you know, and and the other thing, I guess, another thing that 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 always gets under my skin: leave breaks for after the game or before. You know, if you got to go take a dump or a squirt, you know, you got to go hit the head or the bath. You know, if you got to go to the bathroom, you know, do it before after the game, unless unless I mean, unless you really got a turtle bite in cotton. You know, if you really got a problem going on, rather than you know, drop a stoolie in the hammock right there. I mean, but if it's not an emergency, you know, get after it before after the game. And you know, if you want to go, you know, have a couple of you know drinks either bring the booze to the table or wait or you know smoke you know go do that outside or whatever but do it after or before the game you know and 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 um it, it's always one of those things where a guy you know in, in the middle of a game you know one of your opponents has a question and then the other guy walks out the door and has a cigarette and you're like okay i guess we're gonna hold the entire game up now so i mean it's a little bit different in tournaments because then you just call the judge over like yeah uh he's been gone for a while <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, and I guess the last part of is as far as final point is, you know, if you're running short on time, you know, talk to your opponent, discuss it, you know, even out of turns, you know, or, or could extrapolate out, you know, what your last turns might be. I mean, anything like that is you can kind of work it out. So yeah, those are, those are kind of my, my final points. You know, we kind of, we've had a lot of great discussion oh, over the last uh, few There's years. one more thing. Let's say there's yeah, 20 yeah. minutes left in a round and let's say you guys been having a very good game, you know, but you're only on like turn three or four, like, right. Basically, yeah. you can kind of hammer out what's going to happen. Like, you know, you know, basically, oh, these are, you know, I'll pull my next objectives for this turn. It, you know, then you can kind of talk to your opponent. Hey, would these be, you know, I think I can get these two. And you know, explain, you know, basically give them, you know, hey, we got 20 minutes left. Let's see if we can both get another turn in. But sure. just playing it out this way, you know, because, I mean, 20 minutes, you're not going to be able to get around it. No, you're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, and like I said, those are, those are some points that I think, and, and for anyone listening, you can go back to our last, uh, I think three or four shows and you can kind of, you know, look at our social contract of gaming. Cause let's remember, man, you know, the, the person across the table from you is either going to be someone you're going to chuck dice with once and that's it. Or, you know, you're going to have a, a long lasting friendship like I do with, uh, like my, my co-host here, Sean and, and, uh, and, and my, our, our, our welcome back, uh, Steve Grant. I mean, so, you know, I, you know, and the thing is, is that, um, like I said, this is a social contract. It's a great game. It's a great hobby. And uh, just kind of remember some of those things that, uh, that we've talked about. But you know what? We're, we're kind of winding the show down here a little bit, man. So let's get at it, man. Question of the day. What do you think? You ready? Uh, yeah, seven. <laughs> the Council of Trent. That's right. That's right. Are we going to go back to another history lesson? We can talk about this now. I, I've got all this wrapped up. You want to hear another one? Uh, do I? Go ahead. What, uh, so, so here's a question. What is a cheese list? I mean, here's the thing. I mean, we, we, we know when we see it, but what is the defining characteristic? I mean, in a game where, where, where one list builds and, and, and plays with the objective of beating one's opponent, you know, where does the competitive become cheesy or, or the new word, I guess, is beardy? You know, what, what do you think, man? In, in your thought, what, what, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be the, uh, the, um, you know, the crybaby over here, because a lot of people would say, well, people that call a list cheesy or beardy just are people that are unprepared, you know, and that's, that's not really the sentiment I think that gamers have, but you do have that small group that still has that beat stick type of a, of a list. So what, what, what do you think, man? What's a cheese? <laughs> well, I'm going to go with last edition for some edition. 
where you could take 40K, hands, 40K, yes, right? 40K, okay. 40K. You can take a chapter master on a bike, so he's toughness five. Make him iron hand, so he gets like a, a five up feel. Was it a five up feel no pain? And then you could take the relic, which gives him a three plus and vulnerable save and like plus. Right. And basically, yep. you would get like plus one or plus two to your feel no pain roll. So basically, you would put him in a command squad, which would be Dark Angel. So you get the stupid um, Jink. Like two plus rollable jink with the unit of dark angels. Yep. The entire unit has a four plus and vulnerable save due to uh, a, a captain or whatever on a on a bike with another relic or warrior option or as a special character. I can't remember all the details. And then you would take a so the Iron Hand uh, captain or chapter master has a five up field of pain naturally. It goes to a. He also had a two up save and a three plus and vulnerable save, and he was a. Uh, uh, you couldn't instant death him, so. Okay. Um, it would basically do. Uh, he had a two up, armor save, three up, uh, vulnerable save, and then he had a five because of the command squad, a four because he was an iron hand, and a three up, feel no pain because he had the relic. Ah. Okay. Not to mention that he uh, would uh, heal a wound every turn, potentially. And then you also had some uh, uh, priest or whatever uh, that they would, I think they would give bonuses to the feel no pain. I can't remember what exactly they did back in. Yeah, they give, they give bonuses. They give bonuses to that. I think it was a plus one or something. I mean, I wasn't in, I wasn't in 40 K at that time, but I remember, I remember just being around enough to, to hear it. So, yeah. And then you would just cast some visibility on the unit and you just don't care. I right. mean, at that point, it's kind of a, you know, we're talking, this is probably about 1200 points, maybe, maybe a thousand points worth of stuff. But, this unit would beat the crap out of anything. Plus, you also had um, uh, Space Wolf characters or on Thunderwolves on there. They would take uh, Iron Priest and put them on Thunderwolves. So you would just destroy anything out there. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. That is, I guess, that, yeah, that's definitely a cheesy list. I mean, my favorite Warhammer Fantasy units have always been the core or, or now known as Battleline choices, like, say, Spearman or Halib... Uh, halberdiers or, or orc regiments or goblin regiments, snotlings, and especially my beloved nobblers, you know, or I guess now they're known as, you know, grots, you know, um, I really like having a large unit of weaker troops. You know, I, I would consider this cheesy, you know, with the, you know, heroes, monsters and war machines and, and some extent cavalry being more of my, you know, not, uh, normal or my, my, my rare type of choice, I guess the best way to put it. And, um, you know, it's funny because, I loved playing my nobbler list because it was just such a brutal thing. You know, I've got, um, and, and, and here's, here's a typical list. And this is in, this is out of the GW uh, or games work, the, uh, the, the, the general's handbook um, 17. This is a, a legion destruction. It's got 348 wounds. What I'm running here is I'm running a moon grot shaman, another moon grot shaman. My generals are grot war boss with two moon cutters uh, taking the battered talisman um, and my battle line, three units of three ogres, simply with just clubs and fists. 
And then, of course, you can't leave home without them. Maxed out units, 300 nobblers, because that's just what you do if you're a Schmelvin like me. That's what you do. And this you're is. You're down 10 points. You could probably put another grot or five <laughs> yeah. in there, couldn't you? Yeah, maybe. Can I go above 60? But but so you know what you do is if I if if I if I stay below two thousand and my my opponent is at two thousand I get to roll on the triumph list so that even makes me even more of a cheese baller or like a beardy person but you know that that to me would be my idea of a of a and that's not even my my worst nobbler army is all this stuff painted oh well here yes 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 those are painted. All of these are painted. Out of my 2,100 nobblers, I have 800 and some painted. Um, and these are absolutely not painted. They're 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 not even no, they're not even close to being painted. But uh, but yeah, yeah. So that that would be something you know. And and this is like I said before, this is definitely a cheesy list. You know, you bring this list if you want. You know, if you really know your opponent real well and and you're friends with the person. Or if you just want to see somebody absolutely shit sideways at this kind of a thing. But yeah, 348 wounds. So, I mean, bravery four. So you're going to be losing a lot of them. But there really really isn't enough that you can do, I think, to 300 nobblers um, that is, is really going to, uh, in, the, in the time of a game, you know, especially because what, what these guys get is anything over 30 units. They get addition. They get three attacks. Now that's also three of their 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 melee and three of their their missile shots. So they're they're throwing sharp stuff at you. Now, granted, the sharp stuff is, you know, uh, fives by sixes. But one unit is going to be rolling 180 dice. Hmm. Sharp stuff. What? Yeah. What's the range on this? Uh, six inches. But you can shoot into combat. Mm hmm. So. Yeah, and as one of our uh, one of our listeners just said, this would absolutely be a short pants meltdown. So, <laughs> no, he so, literally says, "How does that army win? So many knobs, so little ogres." Yeah, well, okay. You know what we'll do? We'll we will just we will just simply uh, take a moment here and and pull over the the madness wagon, and we will talk about knobblers here for a second. You know what it is? It's really hang on. Oil. Let's let our listeners know they may want to go take a take a dump real quick it might be a while <laughs> it's it's absolutely um here let me uh let me pull up the uh the war scroll here because um that might that might help us all recognize the beauty that is nobblers so but yeah um well think about it they have their did someone believe, ban you from buying nobblers for a while yes as a matter of fact that is that is an absolute fact there was a um there was a, a web store that um that that you could buy bits from I, I won't say the name but i actually got a letter from them telling me i was no longer allowed to buy nobblers because i had bought all their nobblers out because i was in a race to have the largest nobbler army uh i'm in the pretty US. sure that's the race you can take your time with because you're probably the only person out there that's <laughs> not not at the time Did you hit your head something prior <laughs> i mean not at the time not at the time i was i was literally in a in a, in a race. And I'd like to say right now that uh, the the Grotz or the Nobblers that are currently on the uh, GW website, currently out there, smart ass. What do you think about that? So. <laughs> Sorry, it was kind of cutting out about so, that. I think uh, here, internet's kind of messed up right now. Here is. Uh, 
Okay, so here it is. Here's where right on the uh, we're gonna pull up the uh, we're gonna pull up the the this war scroll here real quick. Think see, they're it, even out of them. They are out of them. Did you? And it wasn't me this time. They probably said, "Well, let's not have that guy have any more. So let's just stop making them." Period. Those evil bastards. Okay, here we go. So let's look at these grots. And and this is another thing. You know, don't don't change the name of my novelers to grots, you bastards. What is that all about? All right. So yeah, okay. They got a really lousy bravery. But let's go through this sharp stuff. Eight inches. So I was, okay. So not six inches or eight inches. One attack. Fours by sixes. No rend. Damage one. Then they have a motley assortment of weapons. I just love this. I love picturing these guys like, hitting you with like, you know, everything from, you know, hammers to, to, you know, old socks to tampons. That is just a good time. They got a one inch range, one attack, fives by fives, no rend, damage one. And if you were to, if you were to look at this, here, here are their abilities. Screeching horde. A grot makes two attacks rather than one. If its unit has 20 or more models, it makes three attacks instead of its unit if it has 30 or more. So now if I go back to my, my list here where I have 16 a unit, they're making 180 sharp stuff attacks, fours by sixes. The law of averages I are going to tell me. I think that's just for melee. Nope. It says right here. If you look right here, it says a grot makes two attacks rather than one. If its unit has 20 or more models, it makes three attacks instead of its unit if it has 30 or more. Attacks and attacks. I think it's just for melee. No, sir. That is that is all. That is all attacks. Did you get that question ruled by anybody at a tournament yet? In, in all, well, not yet. But in all fairness, I actually have looked that up, and there's nothing FAQ'd on it at all. So, I mean, until until GW makes a, a final hammer fall on this, to me, an attack is an attack is an attack. Normally, they'll say like they can make an extra attack with their. Wep their shooty weapon or their missile weapon, if you will. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and, and that, that might be the case, but I have not I have not had that issue come up. Because again, too, a lot of people aren't too threatened by fours by sixes. But it's you know what it is. It's punches and bunches. It's it's just a lot of dice, and the law of averages are gonna dictate you're gonna do some kind of damage. You know, so and then and then you got, of course, they 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 they've always had their little trappers rule. You know, they specialize in fighting, fighting dirty, laying traps, roll a dice each time an enemy model finishes a charge move within three inches of a unit of grots on a six, that unit immediately suffers D3 mortal wounds. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there you have it. I mean, that's, and that's what they do. So I, I think, um, um, uh, I've never had any pushback by playing it that way. And there's nothing that, um, uh, has ever come up on it, but I can tell you right now, this, uh, these little bastards have, they have chewed through, um, plenty of, plenty of armies. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, so that's, uh, so that, that's, that's my, my two cents in a tin can on a beardy or a, a cheesy list right you there. Do, you do realize that every time you post this, it makes us all meaning you're going to have dementia later huh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and it's 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 well it's well worth it. And and we'll just I mean, we'll who, keep... who goes for novelers? I want the most novelers. I mean, I could see people like you know, I want the most uh, most devastators. All right, cool. I want the you know, most tanks. I want the most demons. I want the most you know, forge world knights. Hey, hey Sean, hey Sean, they're my novelers. 
You're right, because no one else can buy them because you bought them all. <laughs> I don't know why anybody would want to buy them, but... One of these days, I will field all 2100, and then I will take over the gaming world. When I become emperor, everyone's going to have to change their first name to Nablar. <laughs> Wouldn't it be surname to Nablar? Hey, you know what? You can call me sir. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I work for a living. All right, man. So we're winding down the end of the show here, man. So... Um, Jeez. That's it. What about uh, what about some final thoughts, man? Anything? Uh, any final thoughts? Anything you want to share? Um, hopefully, get some game in this weekend. Yep, I am. I am with you on that one, my man. I'm. I'm going to be doing the same thing. I know that. I mean, I'm, even though I'm not supposed to be gaming in December. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I was tempted to go to a tournament. Like, yeah, Blade has just come out, and I'm feeling sick. I don't want to do yeah. a Sunday tournament. <laughs> My thing, real quick. I know this is kind of a sidebar, but let's uh, let's remember what today is, man. December seventh is uh, Pearl Harbor, and uh, this is my my dad was a World War II veteran, um, so uh, it uh, means a lot to me. You know, he was on the USS Talladega, and a little little sidebar of that ship. He was a Quad Forty gunner on that ship, but that was the that was the APA two hundred eight attack transport that landed the uh, three famous Marines uh, that uh, raised the uh, the flag at Iwo Jima. So. That's today, man, and uh, let's uh, let's just try to remember what a great uh, great country we live in, and that's uh, it's, it's because of uh, because of little things like that through the bowels of history. But that's my uh, that's my point for today, man. I thought I would uh, hijack the show a little bit and take a left turn at Albuquerque on that one. Yeah, well, there goes my point of the day too. I was going to bring that up too. So, but that's it. We got uh, we we talked about some of our tournaments. We got uh, we got we got the closing thoughts out of the way and. What else, man? Before we uh, before we go off into uh, Diceland, what do you think? Anything else? I'm gonna start putting up a, a GoFundMe to get uh, Pat some help here, because obviously we can all tell that he needs some help. <laughs> I need help. I need help finding and storing more more novels. <laughs> no, you know, we need to, we need. To well, we can help you out with that. We just give them away. We need we need to look at this as a as almost a UNICEF mission. There are so many poor little plastic novelers out there that need we're to be saved ten, and rescued that are sitting in boxes and model. <laughs> basement of some overhydrated cold meatloaf eating person. You know, they just they need to be rescued. Will you please help us rescue these novelers and bring them to the bliss and wonderful basement that, that I'm in right now? See? Isn't that better? Well, you know what you could do? You could, uh, if you didn't get your furnace fixed, you could use those knoblars to uh, start a fire and uh, heat the house. You bastard. All right. Well, another uh, another great show, even if, even if we bum-rushed it, man. So, again, yeah. sorry for being late, but uh, Sean and I would like to thank all of our listeners and, and for another great show, and we look forward to uh, having you all back next time. We discuss all things related to dice, dragons, demons, and dwarves in the 40K and AOS world. So please don't forget to join us next Thursday at 7.30. And as always... Um, Please don't forget to, uh, to give our channel a like uh, or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So with that, may the dice gods uh, bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Bye, guys. From Dark Live, I'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday. So until then, remember, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, 
Warhammer Wednesdays, Grim Dark Grudge matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grim, all you dice chuck and glue sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grim Dark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimDarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, Grimdark Goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Short pants.